Hey guys, welcome back to another fun-filled edition of Aviation Lowdown. I'm your host, Ello. Thanks for joining me. Today's date is March 24th, 2020, which if you've been living under a rock for the past few weeks, you're probably not aware of this, but uh, for those of you who have not been living under a rock, you're probably well aware of the fact that we are currently going through the novel coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Strange days, as they say. We'll be talking a lot about that this week. As always, guys, thanks for subscribing. If you haven't already, please go ahead and do so. This podcast episode is sponsored by iFly GPS. Adventure Pilot, iFlyGPS.com, your source for the best of the EFB, Electronic Flight Bag Solution. Apple, Windows, Android, whatever you're flying with, iFlyGPS.com. Use code LOWOUT. 90 days free. You can't go wrong with that. iFlyGPS.com. So this is like a really big deal, you know, um... I preface this whole thing by saying I'm usually a fairly optimistic person, and I am. I think I still have a, a fair share of optimism here. Depends on who you ask. But the bottom line is that I think my point is that in the past few days, this has really evolved from something that people were following, they were aware of, to something that is uh, really consuming all of our time, I mean, for many people, and uh, has been brought to the front of all of your concerns, you know, like for example, here in New York, just a few days ago, it's essentially been locked down. It's not really to say that it is locked down, but uh, it's virtually locked down. All the non-essentials are closed and uh, no one's working. If you are working, you're working from home. I'm working from home, you know, but as I've said before, I have always worked from home over the past few years. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm kind of in that rare minority where, for me, most of my daily life hasn't really changed that much. The gyms are closed, so I've been getting back into home workouts, and the other day I spent about 10 hours in my backyard doing landscaping, but the point is the majority of the stuff I do on a day-to-day basis has not really changed, but uh, man, we are in the epicenter of this COVID-19 thing here in the U.S. I'm coming to you, of course, from my home studio here in Long Island, and uh, it's actually it's growing, of course, like crazy out here. But as you go further to the west towards the city, it's just unbelievable. I think New York City combined with uh, Long Island has probably over 20,000 at this point. I know the state's over 20,000 cases of COVID-19. So uh, we are by far the uh, the biggest collection of cases known, I should say, because they are testing a lot here. But the most known cases are occurring basically right where I am and uh, New York City. So last episode, I talked about how this thing was going to, you know, continue to affect the, the aviation industry. Obviously, that has uh, proven to be true, and it's affected even more than that. I mean, it's affected even the air traffic control system, which I'll be talking about a little bit over the next uh, few minutes here. But it has really disrupted daily life for a huge portion of the globe. And a few days ago, I actually went on to Low Altitude. That's my Instagram, Low Altitude. Shameless shout out. You guys should totally uh, follow it, subscribe to it. Okay. But I made a video about 10 minutes or so just addressing some of uh, the concerns people had have really raised to me in the aviation industry. And obviously, I don't know the answers to many of these questions, but it's at least trying to demonstrate the fact that many people are not alone 
in wondering, like, you know, how long is my airline going to last? Uh, is the national airspace system going to stay open? You know, am I going to have a, a job? <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, really, everything is so fluid and changing. I mean, I joke with my friend the other day, my focus is completely shot right now. You know, I'm usually pretty good about this stuff. I can usually sit down and get a lot of work done, but my F5 key on my keyboard is like wearing down because I just keep hitting refresh. And if it's on Reddit or the news page or Facebook, no matter what I'm refreshing, you know, each article is more crazy than the previous one. And it's all based on a lot of truth. A lot of this stuff is coming in faster than we can even process it, you know? So I've made it almost a commitment to myself and my mental health to kind of like distance myself a little bit, you know, uh, don't read the news all the time. It's really important to stay focused on what's happening and obviously for your own health too and the health of your family and stuff like that. But you shouldn't uh, spend all your time hitting that F5 key because you're going to go you're gonna go fucking insane. <laughs> so I've tried to really distance myself a little bit. Uh, but in terms of the industry of aviation, I mean, there's been a lot of things that have happened over the past week that have been completely unprecedented. Uh, they have had confirmed cases in control towers. Now, some of them, I believe, were uh, tech ops. I don't think uh, all of them were air traffic controllers. In fact, I know that's a fact. They weren't all ATC personnel. I don't even know if any of them were. But the point is, it was uh, they were diagnosed as people who have had access to the tower cab, and so they had to sterilize and clean and uh, I would presume test people as well. So it actually shut down some control towers. Uh, late last week, I was listening on Live ATC to Chicago Midway, and it was a CTAF. Uh, really, people were flying in on a traffic advisory frequency, and, you know, it's like all traffic or any traffic and area advise, and these guys are coming in with all these Southwest 737 jets. And my buddy who flies for uh, Spirit Airlines was telling me how, you know, Midway, like many airports, they have a, a fairly routine procedure where the airline pilots coming in kind of know how uh, the traffic flows work. And he was explaining, you know, a lot of these guys who are flying their smaller aircraft, they probably aren't familiar with the operations or maybe they just don't even care, you know. And uh, so they're kind of like uh, implementing themselves into a traffic pattern that the 7-3 guys just are completely not used to. And listening to some of that stuff on live ATC was, and I don't mean this in a light way at all. I'm completely serious. It was some of the weirdest air traffic control I've ever heard. And believe me, uh, you know, you should have heard some of the stuff I used to say, right? So it's, <laughs> but in all seriousness, it was incredibly odd to listen to that. So I'm sure you can find it uh, midway CTAF. Um, and then of course, on top of that, there were other towers too. I know Las Vegas, at least as of uh, here. I don't even know if it's still... Uh, yeah, it's, it looks like the, at least as of yesterday, the McCarran Airport control tower is still closed. So that was going on for like four or five days at this point. Yes, yeah, that's fifth day. That was yesterday. I don't know if it's open now, but that was affected. Uh, more locally here, JFK, they had uh, somebody who had access to the tower report that they had been exposed or tested positive. So they actually vacated that tower and put them into a temporary solution. Uh, the New York center, I was in contact with people. I used to work at the New York center and I had multiple people tell me that they had positives there too. And that temporarily closed some of the areas, which diverted or grounded airspace for a while. And, uh, as recently as yesterday, I think Farmingdale, which is, uh, right on the border, Nassau, Suffolk County here on Long Island, a very, very busy, generally GA airport that was shut down as well in terms of the control tower. I think the tower is shut down for like, uh, was it two weeks? Uh, so you know, this is so fluid. I mean, part of the problem is doing a podcast where I try to do a weekly or a bi-weekly podcast. And like, I can't even keep up because as soon as I hit that F5 key, 
all the stuff I was going to talk about is completely irrelevant, you know? So this is something that people should uh, seriously, seriously read about. And, you know, just as a conversation here, but I truthfully don't know like how sustainable this whole thing is. You know, that's just completely my opinion because we all know that the best way to stop this thing or at least slow it down is social distancing, keep it away from people. There are people apparently flying in commercial flights right now. Now, put aside your mental voice for a moment and consider the discussion of why are people flying on commercial airliners like part 121 air carrier? Why, why is that happening right now? Now, one thing, if they fly cargo or sick people or in some, in some way supporting the helping of human life and or supporting national security and the security of our economy which could arguably be pretty broad. But my point is, unless it's immediately necessary, why are people flying right now? Like, it's a pretty big topic. And I've tried to find the answer <laughs> to that question. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, there really isn't an answer. This is one of these uh, weird philosophical debates. But uh, there's been a lot of people out there who have suggested that we should probably seriously consider thinning out some of this air traffic. In another note, there's also a ton of aircraft that are not being used, obviously, because while it's true, some are flying, obviously a lot of them are not. So they took some of these airplanes, they've parked them in Atlanta, in the case of Delta, of course. Delta took out at least an entire runway. It looks like uh, Gander. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, probably, that picture of the famous Gander Airport after 9-11 out in Newfoundland. And when that airport uh, basically closed in, in response to all the stuff happening in our airspace, they took in a bunch of the transatlantic flights. They let them stay there and a bunch of passengers were hanging out in Gander because I obviously couldn't get into the US. Uh, so that was the story of grounding the flights in 9-11, but I was a little kid back then, but I remember that just in a few days after that happened, the airspace was gradually allowed to rekindle itself and within a week or so, it was relatively back to normal. I mean, clearly it you know affected the nation, but people were still spending money. They were still going on vacation. They were still living their life. I mean, this is so much, this is so much bigger. I don't mean to, to belittle one event versus the other, but in terms of like the ripple through the industry, this is so much more severe. I actually, in that video I was talking about on low altitude, one of the things I mentioned is the fact that I just, I just don't think people can wrap their heads around how significant this is in response to what needs to be done, you know, and even the president, I mean, he speaks of that too. He says it's uh, 15 days to stop or slow the spread, uh, which is a really legitimate, good idea as an opening move, you know, as a, as a chess opener, one would say that that's like probably the best thing you could do. Just, you know, take 15 days, stay the hell inside and don't let it spread. The problem though, is that it's not created equally. It's not like a true lockdown. You know, if you were to have everybody just stay at home for 15 days, be far more effective than letting people fly and, you know, letting people hang out on beaches or go to the parks. Some of the local news has reported in Manhattan that people were basically on top of each other, just walking their dogs in parks. I mean, that, man, that's not social distancing, you know? So uh, there's a lot of weird dynamic going on right now. And I am afraid. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like, I'm very freaked out by this. I've talked to many people who are involved in healthcare. A lot of them on the front lines, nurses, doctors, supervisors, whatnot. Uh, 
there's a lot of people out there who are freaked out because they know they are completely unprepared for this. They don't even have what they call PPE, personal protective equipment. Uh, now, I'm happy to report that that is something that the governments are aware of. Like they are pumping out production. People are donating masks, those N95s and stuff. But uh, like I said in the beginning, I am sort of in the epicenter and I would be lying if I said this is not a big deal. This is a really fucking big deal. So uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that I think may happen over the next few days and few weeks. I've been sent down here to take over what has come to be known as a hard luck group. Well, I don't believe in hard luck. So we're going to find out what the trouble is. Maybe part of it's your flying, so we're going back to fundamentals. But I can tell you now one reason I think you've been having hard luck. I saw it in your faces last night. I can see it there now. You've been looking at a lot of air lately. You think you ought to have a rest. In short, you're sorry for yourselves. Now, I don't have a lot of patience with this what are we fighting for stuff. We're in a war, a shooting war. We've got to fight. And some of us have got to die. I'm not trying to tell you not to be afraid. Fear is normal. But stop worrying about it and about yourselves. Stop making plans. Forget about going home. Consider yourselves already dead. Once you accept that idea, it won't be so tough. Now, if any man here can't buy that, if he rates himself as something special, with a special kind of hide to be saved, he'd better make up his mind about it right now. Because I don't want him in this group. That's Gregory Peck as General Savage in the one of, probably the most classic of all the wartime films, 1949, 12 O'Clock High, which was a story uh, based on a true story of the 8th Air Force trying to bomb Nazi Germany in broad daylight. And man, talk about the odds being against you. Uh, But for whatever reason, throughout my life, I have sometimes found that scene in particular, the whole movie, really, but that scene in particular, the speech by General Savage, as really snapping me into reality, both, first of all, because of the context, because I think to myself, well, (laughs) it could definitely be worse. You know, we're not over, uh, you know, occupied France and getting flack shot at us, but also because what he says is so relevant. The fact that, you know, fear is completely normal and uh, don't think it's useless. Like the, you know, take some pride in the fear. Don't try to stop it. And more importantly, the message of Yeah, stop trying to make plans. Stop trying to, as he describes, quote, go home. And I interpret that as not, I mean, in their case, it's literal, but not so literal. And maybe your case, maybe you're at home (laughs) wondering when things are going to get back to normal and internalize that message and realize that uh, they're not going to get back to normal, at least not anytime soon. So strap in, be proud of the fact that you're feeling some fear because it means you have a 100% normal functioning brain. And Damn it, man, make a plan. You know, even if the plan sucks, at least you got to think ahead and keep your situational awareness high. Uh, speaking of high, 12 o'clock high. So I'm ordering all of you right now, just pause this podcast. If you've never seen that movie, <laughs> you can come back to, you know, Aviation Lowdown later. During your quarantine, watch that movie, please. A few days ago when I posted on low altitude of people's stories as to how this affected them, I expected to get a few hundred messages, but I ended up getting something like 1,700, which was way more 
than I anticipated. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I, to be honest with you, it's probably nonstop and uh, currently happening as we speak. I actually had to mute my notifications temporarily because you guys are killing my phone battery. <laughs> but I have talked to a number of you and everybody is in the same boat, at least with respect to the uncertainty. I mean, even if you still are going to work and you're still flying planes or you're still working on the line or you're still whatever you're doing. I mean, there's still a huge level of uncertainty and this is not going to get any better anytime soon. Again, in the very beginning, I mentioned that I'm not a very pessimistic person. I'm usually pretty optimistic and I am optimistic that things are going to get better. But again, are they going to return to normal? Probably not. I don't even know what normal means anymore. Like I think this has dramatically changed the way humanity is going to see interaction in the world. You know, like this is going to be the pivotal moment when human beings realized that instead of focusing so much on the physical aspect of travel and the physical aspect of socialization and the physical aspect of the living situation and the physical aspect of how they work, it's dramatically shifted to now more of a distanced one. And to be honest with you, we're going to need a hell of a lot more beer and whiskey to argue over whether or not that's good or bad. But it's for sure, no matter what you believe, going to happen. People are forever going to be changed as to how they see themselves in the physical world. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. I've read so many things over the years about how social media could be dangerous and how it's eroding our our contextual societal experience and how people text each other and they look down. I just did a podcast a few months ago about how appalling it was, how people can't interact face-to-face -face anymore. <laughs> and yet, as the universe would have it, paradoxically, what has been probably the biggest backbone of all our socialization, social media. During this whole thing, you know, thought experiment, but imagine if we didn't have social media during that. It would be so much worse. It really would. And obviously there are still bad parts of it. Like there's a lot of fake news, right? There's a lot of fights. There's a lot of bullshit. But overall, I do think that throughout this whole chaotic thing, social media in general has been a force of good. It has connected people like it should in ways that it has never really seen before. And so with this, I say, yeah, keep yourself socially distanced in the physical world, but do not keep yourself socially distanced on every world. There is a digital world out there, and it's certainly not going to replace physical contact with people in the long run. But for right now, it's probably the best thing most of us have. So use it. In such an unprecedented time for so many people, I think it's wise to like reflect on stuff that we sometimes maybe take for granted. I mean, health is an obvious one, but the reality is that the vast majority of people listening to this are not really going to be directly affected negatively, uh, at least that much by this virus. Uh, most of the people I know who have had it have luckily had pretty mild symptoms, but that's not to belittle the threat. It's a real threat, but just, uh, you know, the fact that we can basically go out in our society and we can fly these airplanes and we can land in these major cities and have a relatively safe, you know, culture is, I mean, it's fucking amazing. Like you think about like, just think about human nature for a minute, you know, and think about all the people and everyone's differences and all the uncertainties of the world and the economic plate and, you know, the, the, the physical, 
uh, manifestations of all of our industrialization, global warming and all this stuff. And then you walk, you know, you walk through Times Square on like a Saturday night and it's like completely fucking chaotic. And yet everybody's somehow getting along. No one's killing each other. Everyone's having a good time. Like, you know, people take that for granted, but think about it. Think about all the stuff that has to be balanced for that to happen. And like, sure, there's always going to be evil people out there, or bad people, or there's going to be unlucky people, but the culture is stable, you know? And like, look how much this has destabilized culture in just a matter of like a week. And it makes you appreciate stuff. It makes you realize just how much we all rely on the system to do what it's supposed to do. And there's, there's never been a better teacher in my life for this, you know, and I'm 31. I talked to my dad about this and he's like, I've never seen anything like this in my life, you know, for, for better or for worse, this is weird. And step back for a moment and see yourself as part of this huge system and where you fit into it. Now, changing topic to the more pragmatic for a moment. I mean, one of the big discussions that's obviously going on amongst the aviation world is the airlines and if they're going to be bailed out or supported by the federal government or some sort of huge loan or whatever is going to happen. Uh, after careful analysis and thinking about this, this for a long time, my conclusion is, uh, I have no idea. So, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with this, and you know the airlines, they want to show a revenue stream, I would think, if they want to be bailed out. And right now, you know, even if, let's say, the president said, attention, America, you know, he's going to have this big press conference, hypothetically, and he's going to say, the COVID-19 virus is done, you know, everyone go back to life as we know it. And people are like, yeah, you know, do you really think that people are going to just start buying plane tickets and flying to these far off destinations? Hell no. No, no, you know, economics is far more, uh, I don't know, complex. It's not even the right word. It's just far more of its own, of its own, like, species. You know, the economy has, like, its own fears. It has its own tendencies. It has its own mind, almost. Like, it's like trying to reason with somebody who just, like, is completely unpredictable at times, you know? So to say, oh, you know, the thing's over with, let's all go back to normal, is wishful thinking, to put it the most delicately I can. Uh, but I also think that, yeah, like the president is also right in the fact that we can't just shut the whole world down for a year or whatever it's going to be. Here in New York, Governor Cuomo, who I have to say has done a fantastic job, like unbelievably good leadership, has said he anticipates and his guys have advised him it'll be about four to six, was it four to nine months, he said. Originally he said four to six, then he said four, six, or nine. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long time. I don't think it's going to be over in a week. Today is uh, March 24th. I'm sure in 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years, God willing, if I listen back to the stuff I recorded during this time, um, I will hear this. And I'm, I'm talking to David in the future and all of you in the future, but uh, I'm wondering how close we got, <laughs> how close we got this, you know, like would the airlines, would they be recovered in 2021? You know, I don't know. I'm betting no, actually. Uh, that's not to say I don't believe in all you people listening, but I'm just saying that I think that the markets are very sticky and that's not going to recover so quickly, but maybe I'm wrong. That's one of the things I mentioned, too, about the whole bailout thing, because I've seen people start arguing, like, oh, we should bail out the airlines because they're a critical service. And I'm like, totally agree with that. And then there's people who are like, well, we shouldn't bail them out because they're just going to lose money. No one's going to fly. And I'm like, totally agree with that, too. So, I mean, like, it's just way too early to even be talking about this stuff. You know, our plane is on fire right now, and we are not on the ground yet. Let's get the damn thing on the ground, and then we can start talking about how we can better repair our engine, you know? But, like, we're talking about how to repair the engine before the fire's out. Like, come on. 
Uh, and don't even get me started on the economic stimulus stuff. Not that I'm against it or for it particularly. I'm just saying that like it's completely wishful thinking to think that somehow a bunch of money is going to help this problem. Like, no, dude, stay in your house, you know. And the bottom line, if you get anything out of this podcast episode, it should be the fact that I don't know, and I'm transmitting this to all of you right now, but like I just, this is my opinion, mine only. I don't know why people are flying commercial aviation right now. What what are you doing? Why are people flying? I, I mean, if they had to bring, let's say, cargo, or arguably if somebody was like was sick, but I think there's probably better ways to do that. But like people are going on spring break vacation. Like, dude, we should be shutting this shit down, man. We should be not having people fly on air carriers right now because they can. Like I can go on to my favorite airline right now and buy a ticket to like California for 49 bucks and go to the airport tonight. I should not be able to do that. Like, why is that a thing? I'm not trying to like blame anybody in particular. I just think that in general, that's just not really the best way you could be trying to stop a pandemic. So anybody have any uh, tips, solutions, ideas? Cause, uh, apparently it seems like everybody, <laughs> like, er- like literally everybody's out of ideas right now. Um, but I will say that, no, the, the people who are in charge, at least here in New York, and a number of people have stepped up their game all across government, which is great to see. It's good to see people, at least temporarily, uh, working together in ways that they have not worked together before. So I am optimistic, as I've said multiple times, I'm optimistic about this thing. But please do not injure yourself further by thinking that all of a sudden things are going to go back to normal. They're, they're not. I mean, remember what uh, General Savage said. You know, quit making plans. Don't think about going home. And to the most extreme, consider yourself already dead. I don't necessarily always think of you're physically, biologically dead, but think of yourself as being different. You are not the same person you were a month ago because the system changed you. You know, we're all part of this thing together. Uh, Maybe you're still the same individual, but your life has been completely changed. Wow. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about all this stuff, man, particularly about that commercial aviation stuff. I'm just really curious. What do you guys think? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Trust me. LO at AviationLowdown.com. Guys, stay inside. Do not work unless you have to and whatever. I mean, if you're working from home like me, that's a different story. I'm actually being quite productive. But just please be safe. Wash your hands. Don't sneeze on people. Don't let people sneeze on you. Don't cough either on people, all right? All right, guys. Be safe. As always, you can email me or just message me, LO, Altitude, on Instagram. Look forward to it, guys, and I'll be uh, probably updating in just a few days, maybe even maybe even tomorrow. I mean, I'm going to try to have maybe short updates because, like I said, everything's changing so fast. So be safe, guys. Thanks. Thanks.